All right, we're live. Welcome, everybody, to Kicking with the Crew. It's just your boy, the cold DeMarco here, Zach, and Damon tonight. Matt is out tonight, but we appreciate everybody coming in tonight. Uh, we know it's getting a little bit of, little bit slow um, as far as uh, topics and everything NFL-wise. Don't get too much Colts content. Obviously, you guys see that we've been putting out a little bit for uh, from Anthony Richardson um, and anything that we can find, but Appreciate everybody for coming in tonight. How's everybody doing out there? Good. I'm good. Good. good, good I think good. it could have sounded up better than that, though. This is just an awkward time of the season where you're so invested in the draft, and it's before you start getting super invested in training camp and following guys. So in order not to burn yourself out of football, it's just that awkward part of the year. You know what I mean? Yep, sure is. But uh, real quick, just to start out, so I, I didn't know if you guys heard or whatever. I mean, it's going to be – we're obviously going to talk about the Colts. This is where Colts podcast is what we do. Um, but just had a couple little topics out there that I was hearing about uh, throughout the week and didn't know if you guys had any opinions or anything on it. But uh, it was just a situation – I don't know if you guys seen, but Devontae Adams from the Las Vegas Raiders that came out, and he was just saying about how the um, organization and him aren't on the same page with what they're going to do offensively or as far as team-wise. And to me, in my opinion, I just thought it was crazy that once Derek Carr got traded, like, why wasn't your mind thinking, like, I need to probably get out of here or to even wait until after the draft and see that you guys aren't taking a quarterback or anything. But I thought that was crazy. He also had another comment about, um, what was it, uh, uh, because he wasn't with Aaron Rodgers and he showed he played with Derek Carr and um, their backup quarterback, that he was basically saying that, QBs don't make him. He can play with any quarterback. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, I think it's a fair statement. Like, Devontae Adams does make quarterbacks. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and I can't discredit him because, like, you could tell Aaron Rodgers missed Devontae last year. So, he backs, oh, backs his game up. Yeah. So, as for Devontae's situation, um, kind of dumb on his behalf to call out the organization. I feel like that's in-house business that's dealt with in-house. Don't get the media involved because at least the current state of media is greasy, grimy, go for guts, and they want to turn and twist things and, you know, kind of like weaponize it. But at the same time, like, I'm not, I'm not mad at a player for expressing his opinion. Like, if you're Devontae Adams, I don't care if you're double team. You throw him the ball anyway because he's that good. Like, exactly. he's one of – He's one of the few guys who double team and don't matter. It could be Deion Sanders and Darrell Revis and, you know, Troy Polamalu over the top, and I'm still throwing Devontae Adams the ball. But, yep. I mean, it's just, just my opinion when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I just thought it was kind of crazy to be like, yeah, Derek Carr gets traded because he was the whole reason you went to Vegas. And then at the same time, like, you're like, I don't we're not on the same page. I mean, you guys shouldn't have been on the same page from the moment you traded Derek Carr right. at that point. The moment you signed, you should have been like, hey, he's part of my long-term package. Like if he's not gonna be here, I'm not gonna be here. Exactly. Especially after, you know, leaving Aaron Rodgers, who everybody would probably say that he's a much better quarterback than Derek Carr. So I just thought that was a crazy, insane topic this week. Um, that people were talking about that. Uh, and then next I had here, so, um, what was it? Uh, so there was some rumblings going on 
and I don't know if you guys have thought about it all already or whatever. It's a, it's a pretty early topic to talk about, but some people were throwing out their MVP already or who should be an MVP candidate this season already. Um, there was one that was out there that uh, somebody said Trevor Lawrence. Another one was Joe Joe Burrow. And I was just wondering, did you guys have any opinions on who you would give your early considerations to who might be MVP this season? Okay, because I'm like anti quarterback, and I think the MVP is a quarterback. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, you, I, I'd pretty much say put your prints on on pretty much anybody just to you know not make it like the QB award because obviously we know it's right. nine times out of ten, or probably I say ninety nine out of one hundred times it's going right. to go to a to a quarterback. But uh, want, just any position, I want Nick Chubb to win the MVP. Like Cleveland Browns running Chubb. back, like Nick Chubb. In my opinion massively underrated like if you follow state fantasy he's a fantasy he's a fantasy dude because like you know he's top three in the yearly in the league in yards but never gets no love from the media because he wastes away in cleveland so i would love to see him come out with you know 2600 yards break the the single season rushing record and you know what's the the touchdown record 31 Put on 32 TDs for a single year and just leave his stamp. I think that would be awesome. Um, if I have to pick a quarterback, I'm going Joe Shiesty and his new haircut. But um, <laughs> I want Nick Chubb to win the MVP. They were talking about that new care, new haircut, and I start, I have went back and looked at pictures just because I wanted to see. But I was like, I didn't really see the difference. But he's got um, one of those. I mean, if I had split things. Yeah, he's split bang. He's going with like the '90s. He's only missing the frosted tips, and we're back in the '90s and 2000s, man. That's all we're missing. That's funny, Damon. Damon, who 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 would you uh, put in there as your your MVP? Or your way too early MVP? We should have put a dark horse in there too, like get our guy. But I think Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, I like that. Um, but dark Since horse, Kirk as a quarterback, man, he had definitely yeah. be a candidate, like a yeah. receiver. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking the same thing when you said running back, bro. Because as much as you be like, don't pay a running back for you to say Nick Chubb, I was pretty shocked. He's one of the few I said, like, he's in those top three, top four guys. Like, I'm paying McCaffrey, I'm paying Chubb. Like, he's one of those guys who I who I'd actually force myself to pay, but like, for sure. Receiver Justin Dang. Jefferson's unstoppable, man. I mean, he is. He yeah, is. I think the the fact that he makes a quarterback better, <laughs> the way he does make him better, it's easily say. I mean, go back and watch that Minnesota indie game. We yeah. had that guy locked down in the first half, and he still damn near finished with two hundred yards. Yeah, <laughs> I just <laughs> argue like two hundred yards and a half, man. Megatron never won an MVP, so how can you give an MVP to a receiver? That's like a good that, point. That's just my only argument because – But would you're he, right. be the, he would be the first, huh? I don't think there's ever been a receiver since, like, old days, like Don Hudson, to win, like, a, an MVP. It's usually been a running back or a quarterback, and 95% of the time a quarterback wins the dang thing. Or a pass rusher. Pass rusher. Or DN, or only one time, but then, or LT won it. Yeah, and you got a kicker. Those are both uh, pretty good ones. I, I honestly, I, it'd be tough for me to not say quarterback, but I will say 
<clears throat> if I was to pick somebody, and I'm going to go non-quarterback as well, just for um, argument against quarterback's sake, I'm going to say I would say uh, Nick Bosa. Ooh. Nick Bosa would be he could have won it this MVP. year. Um, I think that dude is just a phenomenal defensive end, and I think it's tough to stop him as a pass rusher. Yeah, uh, I think he he could easily have one of those type of seasons where he's just going crazy getting sacks. Can't double team him, can't triple team him, and he still just ends up with like twenty four sacks or something. You know, breaking straight hands record. And, do it, and I say doing it in less than sixteen games, uh, rather than the whole sixteen or seventeen. That'd be nuts. That'd be the guy that I'd uh I'd sit there and, and, and put that out there as my MVP that's non quarterback. He's getting paid next year. You think he yes, gets he is. you think he gets that two hundred million dollar contract for a defensive end? Oh, let him get let him get let him break Strahan Strahan's record under the uh sixteen games. He's definitely getting I mean, he's supposed to get paid. There's this next free agency class coming up is some dogs, guys who ain't no way they contract paid. Big yeah. contract years. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that brings us to our next one, though, here that I had. Um, so, uh, Damon, uh, me and Zach had talked about it before. I don't know if you heard or seen it all. But uh, the the Pat McAfee show just signed over with ESPN. I mean, not completely converted, but uh, I've been – they have obviously been – you guys have been hearing us about it. Sell out. Yeah. Yeah. I- um, but yeah. well, you guys had any thoughts on on the Pat McAfee show uh, starting to join ESPN? So it'll actually be on uh, after first take, which I believe ends at uh, I want to say one o'clock Eastern time. I think that's the end of it. I believe. I think, yeah. I think I think okay for me, not to be like one of those guys, but I've been watching Pat McAfee's YouTube channel. Before podcast era, like when he was literally doing stand up at like what was that? Was that the, Saint, the, Saint Elmo? Truck, right? Saint Elmo's? He, no, or, uh, Crackers that, Comedy right? Club. Yeah, yeah, Comedy Club downtown. <laughs> literally like 2015, 2014, you know? Right. Um, b- before the podcast, right? Um, and then kind of fell out of it. And then before he signed with what was that, Barstool or Caesar Sportsbook, I, I, I kind of picked it back up. Whenever he started like, gaining some steam, and I've been watching him pretty frequently now. I just don't like the – I know maybe it was contractual obligations, but kind of be a little bit more upfront, man. Like your your core fo- – his core following is due to the fact that individuals don't want to watch ESPN. Right. You can't change my mind, and I'm not wrong. I'm just being real. People right. watch right. Pat McAfee. Celebrities go to Pat McAfee. Athletes go to Pat McAfee because they don't want to go to NFL Total Access or ESPN or Fox Sports, they, they, that's 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 kind of Pat's edge just because it's more comfortable. They can cuss. They can be a little bit more unfiltered, right? right. So I don't like it for his brand. Good for the guy because I love the guy. We all love the guy. He's, he's right. phenomenal, and, you know, he's never going to be broke again <laughs> or right. anybody on that show. But right. to me, man, that takes, a, that takes a cool out of the show. Like, that, you know, it's like a clean rap album. Well, I mean, we, <laughs> you know, you know, so it's just, I don't know, man. It was just a, it's a weird thing for me because the buildup to it, you know, you saw him, uh, you saw him in the ESPN headquarters and stuff like that a couple weeks back. And then he shot it down immediately on the show. Uh, and then this happens, man. I was kind of a little, I was kind of a little sour. It's going to be real. I don't hate it because I enjoy that he still kept 
his creative rights. So he still has a hundred percent say what he can and cannot do. Obviously, you know, the curse, some of the cursing Pat does will not be tolerated on the show, which, you know, Pat probably shouldn't be saying it in the first place, but he is who he is. And that's how he's built his, you know, rep- reputation. But I will say you're right in that aspect of, I think he's going to hurt him. It's going to help him and hurt him. He might not be getting the guests that he was getting because he's now connected with ESPN. It'll be interesting to see how much pull like ESPN has on the show or if ESPN is literally just the second party in this. Like, hey, shut up. You gave me my money. Stand in your corner. Here is your obligations to allow me to put this on every TV ever in America and every airport in the world, you know, or if it's literally going to be where ESPN, you know, cause I don't want to see Stephen A. Smith on the Pat McAfee show. Like, well, he's going to be, man. Like, I don't want to see JJ well, Reddick on, on the Pat McAfee but show. But he's going to be, bro. That's, that's the like, thing. All those nobody guys wants to see Kendrick Perkins on the Pat McAfee show. In my opinion, <laughs> in my opinion, I don't want to see those three on the Pat McAfee show. I want to see the guys who they get and just let Pat McAfee do what he does because clearly the formula for doing what he does has worked and he's a forefront in that aspect. So let him essentially give the man his flowers and let him continue to earn his flowers. Just kind of help him financially and whatever else you help him with guidance, brand, whatever that may be. But it's a fit, it's double edged sword because while yep. I agree a hundred percent with you, Damon, a thousand percent, I also view it as yo ESPN's got that reach and that reach can can definitely be beneficial when it comes to the media aspect of sports. It's kind of like when Rogan signed with Spotify. Yeah, I, I didn't listen to Rogan. So yeah, I but I mean, it's, yeah. very, it's a it's a very comparable it's very comparable if you think about it because they <clears throat> speak on their own mind, on their own will, their own topics, right. their own guests. And then right. you you have someone a a super you know how do I even say it a large corporation you know pretty much in charge of your you know publishing at this point so good for him man financially but it is a little bittersweet um, because I'm a miss I'm a miss the the Boston uh, Boston Connor <laughs> oh I still think his boys are, yeah. I still think that's gonna be yeah there. yeah so I, supposedly I he said they they're gonna like they're not gonna change at all so I'd still right. give him the benefit of the doubt that I think Pat is gonna be Pat wherever he goes because if you can think about his time with the NFL getting arrested for public intoxication um some of his other things even doing those at games or whatever I think Pat is just gonna be who Pat is regardless so I think uh, he said their only stipulation in the contract was saying less fucks on the show. Um, so uh, I think that would be the only thing that, that may change or whatever. And then they were making some jokes. I was actually just listening to it because I missed Friday's show. So I was listening on Spotify. Um, but uh, for the most part, they say they're not going to change. So I, I think giving them the benefit of the doubt would be uh, pretty all right for right now just to see how it goes and 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 hope that it's not going to change too much. Because even if you, if you do watch a show like First Take, that's not necessarily like a get up. Maybe they don't necessarily just kind of follow all the guidelines there. You know, no, they're kind of they're no. kind of open there and stuff like that. We obviously don't want it to get it too to, to be too suit and tie. Um, but I, I think I think Pat's still going to be Pat. Just like it, I don't know if you guys heard. Um, I want to say Tuesday show when he came back, he was talking about um, 
how he went into the meeting and he was supposed to be reading from the teleprompter and he's just not not paid attention to the thing at all and he's just like yeah no that's not that's not gonna be me like i just i'm gonna do me i'm gonna be me um and i'm gonna do what i do so i think uh i think definitely some changes is what a lot of people won't like but he's still keeping it on youtube still gonna have it out there that was um, his point that's his big thing i know he said yeah, is that his show will always yeah. be on youtube it, that's- it will always be free he wanted his show to stay free and for anybody to just click on uh, the internet and watch. So I, think I also cool. think ESPN wants what McAfee does during football season, the college football season, during the NFL season. Because, I mean, Pat McAfee got all the best interviews, in my opinion. He got Rodgers, got guys in season to talk about ball during season when they go on ESPN. 95% of them, it's all business. So from that aspect, I specifically look for ESPN to take advantage of that because, I mean, they're transferring him over to the network in the fall time when football, the big money maker, NFL, and college on Saturdays pops off. Plus, you know, his involvement in game day. I mean, I love Lee Corso, but – College game day is going to be A-OK when Lee Corso retires because they found his replacement, like, in McAfee. Like, they're going to be – it's going to be great. So – Most definitely. As much as we all hate it, I honestly think it's probably going to – they're going to find a good blend of both and they'll be okay. They'll come out and be okay. Most definitely. I think so, too. I think think Pat will – find his way through it and and kind of shake it out there but hopefully it doesn't change too much you know we all love pat obviously he's right. our guy uh, you guys had anything else to say about this one here about this show all right real quick so let's uh let's move real quick to this this was a uh hot subject i seen on on twitter um a little bit of facebook uh had a little Discussion myself with some people, but uh, so as we know, Michael Pittman Jr. as well as um, Jonathan Taylor are coming up on contract years, right? And uh, there's been this thing of people going back and forth about don't pay JT. He's a running back, and they don't have a high long shelf life. The other argument is, what the hell pay Jonathan Taylor? Where are you guys at with that? And uh, what do you think we should do there? On, on paying Jonathan Taylor. We can leave Oof. Michael Pittman out for this one. Um, I think we already talked about that a little bit. So what do you guys think about paying Jonathan Taylor? If he comes out the gates hot, that contract will be coming his way midway through the season. Mark my words. But Chris has a really unique, unique way of doing things, and he usually lets the whole season play out. Also, we get do we get to pick up a fifth year on him? No, second round pick. Second round pick, so he can't. Mm-hmm. Got uh, franchise tag. That might be what we do. It, it, you know what I mean. And we were just talking about how hot the free agent market is. I'm all about drafting a, a running back. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, it's, it's to me, it's a little difficult these days to pay running backs big money. Show me a time that it's worked out. Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, <laughs> when, they, when they when they play. Right. When they play, you know right. what I mean? So, and investability is availability. So, I'm not all about paying running backs, but 
That's just it, me. It depends because here's why. I don't typically – I'm not paying a guy like JT. I'm not paying unless you're – well, I can't say that. Typically, I'm not paying a running back. And unless you're a top five running back in the league, which I believe Jonathan Taylor is. Agreed. You pay guys like that. Now, the deal depends. What kind of deal is JT looking for? Is he looking for $12 million a year? Because I'll give him a $12 million three-year or a four-year deal. Because by the time that deal's over, he's 30. Bye. I like that like three-year sweet spot. You said, you said how how old, or how many years? Four. Like a four-year deal. He'd be 30. Oh, he'd be he's 28? Yeah. He's only, only uh, going to be 24. See, the highest I'll go is a four-year deal on a running back. I won't pay five. I mean, that's just me. I won't. But that being said, like – the deal I look to get done first is Jonathan Taylor because I, agree. I feel like I feel like in the terms of the offense, he's far more valuable yes. than what we're trying to do. Important than yeah, and far more important than Michael Pittman, Pittman Jr. No offense, because Pittman Jr. is a dog. Like I love him, and he's dude. been available for us. Absolutely, bro. absolutely. He's been, a, he's been our third down running back. Yeah, he's <laughs> right, right. He's been that guy. The most, correct me if I'm wrong, right? The most targeted third down player in the whole NFL last two so. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, been, I know for sure. Two years ago, he was. I don't know about tendency year, wise. He's been that yeah. guy. So it depends what Steichen's trying to do and what they've done with Richardson. I truly believe that JT is far more valuable than what we could put a price tag on versus oh, you guys are frozen. Okay. Versus um, what Michael Pittman does at receiver. Now that doesn't mean I don't want Pittman. And I do believe the Colts will be able to resign both. It just depends on what kind of money, because I don't want to pay Jonathan Taylor more than 13 million a year. Yeah. To me, yeah. high end 13 million. And he's got to come out like gangbusters, get 13 million. In my opinion, yeah. Let's see how uh, let's see how Alec Pierce develops too. Um, they're they're eerily similar, um, in my opinion. So him and Pierce, I, I think so. I think they're eerily similar. <clears throat> hey, our guy Matt has chimed in. What do you think, Zach? Well, you seem you seem a little bit conflicted there. What do you think about that? I think Pittman. To me, I don't want Pittman to leave because I feel like if he leaves, he's going to go somewhere else and truly blossom. This is his first real opportunity to have. Um, consistency, a consistent, at consistency at quarterback because I feel like if he leaves and let's say he leaves and goes to San Francisco and then he goes and gets on with Brock Purdy and he's got Samuels, Ayuk, and Pittman and Purdy slinging him the rock. I mean, dang, man, like yeah. and he takes off, dang, because they don't have to pay Kittle anymore because he's considered old if, you, if, if that's how it works out or he goes to another AFC team. Pittman reminds me of a Pittsburgh receiver so much. It's sick. <laughs> it does all the right things. Right. Does all the right R- things. Blocks. Right. Runs a right. short route. Runs. A, he's like top. He's a Heinz Ward type. That's, like, you know what? That might be the best pro comparison I've heard. Heinz Ward. Like, he's a Heinz, he's, he is. He's a dog. He he wants to be involved in every play. So I don't want that mentality to be to go elsewhere to another team. Like those are the kind of guys you resign. The question is is. It'll be interesting to see how Ballard does it because I believe those are core locker room pieces and he's going to get those guys signed. I just hope and they're I not think, like one 12 million. I hope Tay- yeah. Jonathan Taylor doesn't want 12 million and, you know, uh, Pittman Jr. doesn't want anything like 15 million a year because, I mean, those high end markets, stuff like that, it, 
it's <clears throat> but both guys need to be back because yeah. I don't know. So me, I'm, I'm more on the fence. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. So I was just gonna say, just in my opinion, there. If you look at what Jonathan Taylor did last year, he literally had half of his touches uh, before he got hurt. And I mean, my dude pretty much did what he did in his rookie season. I'll say 300 yards less, and obviously seven touchdowns less. Um, but that's on 192 touches compared to 232. So my dude played six games and had 800 yards and four, uh, almost 900 right. yards. The impact one and four touchdown. And I think, um, obviously, I'm a running back, so I'm always vouch for running backs. But uh, <laughs> I just think you pay your best players. Now, I think that's obviously what it has to be, especially when you depend on a guy as much as we depend on JT for the last right. three years um, from him initially going from a backup to a starter. You you pay your best players, and it's not even like he's a, a marginal type back. I mean, this dude healthy no. is a top three back in the league. I, I don't care what anybody says. You can put Derrick Henry up there. You could call Chris McCaffrey, call Nick Chubb, whatever you want to do. You could throw the, throw the ball to the guy. He could take it to the house. Run it to the guy. He could take it to the house. Uh, whatever you want to do. He averages for his career over 4.5 yards per carry. Uh, I just think you've you got to pay that guy. Now, when we come to the price, now, if we're talking like, the 16 million, the 14 million, like the Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, I think that's a little bit too rich for my blood. Um, now, if you're talking 12, 13 million, which is above the the running back uh, market. That is um, running back market. No, so I'm that's- saying it's above because the franchise tag is 10 million. Oh. So I'm saying yeah. that 12 to 13 would be above. And I think that's enough to say, hey, this is feeding you and we got to keep going with our team. Now, if you do some incentives to get it up to like a 14 million, I guess right. that, uh, that, that'd that be something that I guess we can deal with. Um, just because obviously if the incentive is added on there and you're making that kind of money, that means the team should be successful. Um, so I would say that would be something that I could be okay with. Um, but uh, I think you just have to pay your best players. I yeah. mean, you look, we did it with Quentin who yeah. came out on a down year after we did it with, with, with Shaq who came out on a down year after, um, I mean, obviously, we don't want the down year to come, and I think we've already seen what JT, JT's down year was, and he was the only thing that was goddamn good about the team. Yeah, so it was it. I just, uh, I mean, outside of Gilly, um, but uh, I just think that's that's fair enough to say. Got to pay the guy. I think I'd go probably like uh, what maybe a three year, thirty six million. That's what I like for JT. But I think Michael Pittman Jr.'s work gets complicated, man, because his receivers are getting paid. And I'm and I know and I and I know y'all's opinion is a little bit different than mine, but like where where does Michael Pittman put himself in that contract range and where do we value him? Because look at Chris I'm not valuing him like other star receivers. So we actually had this uh debate before. I don't know if it was debate. We did. It was a conversation. I think. Yeah. Were you on the episode, Damon? I thought it was just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, no, I, I think we're all here for that one. Yeah. We're talking about like because I was because I was saying that he's going to get eighteen million. I think that's where I had him at because if you look at the that's, receiver market, that's over regardless. Big. I don't think so, bro. I, bro I really eighteen don't. million for a possession receiver. Bro, that's what I'm trying to explain, bro. Think about, how, think about how important Reggie Wayne was as a possession receiver for us. Yeah, but, but Reggie Wayne, Wayne was not just a possession receiver. I, I, Reggie I, I, Wayne I did everything. I, I understand, but look who Reggie Wayne had as his quarterbacks, though. He went from Peyton Manning 
to one Black. year with with Jim Sergi and Dan Rodlowski and, and some, right. a bunch of other guys. And but then couldn't, you, couldn't you make that excuse for any star receiver? Jerry Rice had Steve Young and Joe Montana. Not really, Every because game. the only the only one that you can't make that argument for will be DeAndre Hopkins, who went from all of the I, I probably couldn't even name most of his quarterbacks. Andre Johnson, a, exactly. So, so right. it's like. Given the case of what Michael Pittman Jr. is like, if they were sitting in that room with him and Chris Ballard going back and forth at it, uh, it'd pretty much be like, hey, you haven't really put up the numbers to make $18 million or whatever. Michael I mean, Pittman Jr. Can easily say, say, hey, this is my market. Look at my numbers. And then look at the guys that I've been playing with that you brought in here. You know what I'm saying? Another team will give him $18 yeah, million dollars a year. Exactly. Though. That's what I'm saying. Right. And they'd probably pay, and they'd probably pay him more. They'd probably pay him more. Right. You feel me? And he likes Indy. That's why so I'm loves- like, that's why I'm like, I don't know about that, man. I don't know if we go after a huge contract for him, man. I think that we test the market. Look what else free no, agents no, no, and no, draft. No. It. I, and look who else is in the draft. I see if that. Look who's in the draft this the year. Draft, a bunch of dudes are coming out. But I also look at the market and you see guys like mid tier guys. Like, that's what know, I'm Chris, saying. This Chris Godwin. Next year is like, not look at, Right. Look at his contract. That is ideal, the Pittman contract. That's $17 million a year. But it's heavy incentive laden, and then that's yep. the whole deal you're going to rip up and come back to it anyway. And a year, year or two later, when because he's young like JT, I think he's 25, maybe a year older. And receivers remember, they, we were go ahead, we were mad we didn't give Chris Godwin that contract, right? Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> you know, right. you know, exactly. So, right so, so, now, and now, Chris Godwin is hurt, so his money is looking a little different. So, for them to like want to give him that money now, but it's just like. I just think that's the market, and that's what it calls for. And I think um, a like, deal I'm unless, interested. Unless, like, um, unless I say, unless we finish with a top three draft pick, I don't see yeah. there's any way that we don't pay Michael Pittman Jr. Right. Not knowing what our receiver core would look like. A deal I want to keep an eye on because I think it's a deal that a domino will fall. Who gets paid first is the T. Higgins deal in Cincinnati. Because that's it, very fair. It'll be interesting because. In my opinion, T. Higgins and Pittman Jr. are eerily similar receivers. Like I don't think Bengals are gonna be able to keep him, bro. bro. No, I think, no, no, I think no, they they're are. gonna keep Joe, him. Joe, Joe, you Joe think Burrow, so? Joe's Joe gonna Burrow's take been less. He's been, he's been yeah. talking a ton this week, saying that you can't, I can't be as good as I have been. Without right, without my, my teammates, he's gonna he's gonna be I like think, Tom Brady and take less. That way, everyone gets there. That way, everyone gets you know gets theirs. But the yeah, odd man, the odd man out is Joe Mixon over there. Right. It'll be interesting to see how that deal is done with T. Higgins, if it's done this offseason or if it's done next offseason. Because if it's done this offseason, then I think that's the exact blueprint that Indianapolis follows. If it's done next offseason, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually, if the Colts franchise tag Pittman Jr. and then re sign JT and then sign Junior, Pittman Jr. later on. What's the, what's the franchise tag for a wide receiver pay? Like I think it's like 18, 18 mil, 19 million, 20 yeah, mil. See, something that's like why that. I would say just pay him. Just pay him 18 mil. Unless he's asking for more. That would be my only argument outside of that. Real quick here, uh, we can we can get back to this topic real quick, but I did want to comment on this real quick. Yeah, uh yeah, I'm glad you said this because uh speaking of, of running backs, one Jim of Brown. the best uh, in the NFL history passed away this week, Jim Brown. What's the best way to honor an amazing player, an amazing man? And to be truthfully honest with you, we don't have the platform to be able to give him the proper reception that he would deserve. Right. Um, I wanted, I, I was wishing that that Matt would have been here because I did want to put on like a little video tribute to start the show out this week. 
um, for him, but he wasn't able to be here. So I, I don't have those capabilities to put up that video for you. Um, but I definitely, like I said, I'm a running back at heart. I've watched literally all of them that you can go back and name. I love all of them, even from the ones in our division to Arian Foster, Chris Johnson, all the guys that used to kill us, Morris Jones Drew. Fred Taylor, taking it back. Fred Taylor, um, all these guys, Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, Curtis Smith, Martin, uh, uh, all of these guys. Yeah, I could I could go down a long list of guys that that I really appreciate. And Jim Brown was one of the one of the greatest of them, um, as far as an activist and a player. He was a great human being. Uh, so I definitely wish that we could have uh, got a little video up, but definitely want to say rest in peace to the great Jim Brown. Um, so uh, yeah, NFL lost a legend. Um, I've read some things where they're thinking about the rushing championship trophy. NFL is thinking about making it like the leading rusher gives a trophy and it's called the Jim Brown award. And then I've read where Cleveland should be Cleveland's going to do a, um, a patch 32. They've already pretty much said he's like the Browns go. So, you know, Cleveland has something special for something playing special for uh, Jim Brown. But I also think the league does because he's one of, you know, he's like a pillar, the first great NFL superstar. Yep. You know, like is Jim Brown. I mean, his yeah, records. Say, uh, his uh, records. Pick up. Still, I think he's still top ten in rushing, and that was in the fifties and sixties, folks. Like, yeah, Jim Jim Brown is. He's that dude, dude on the field, and then off the field, you know, he's incredible from his activism, even to his acting in the Dirty Dozen, and you know, yeah, the Western, yeah. right? He loved the Western movies back yeah, in the day. Whatever, yeah. whatever he he acted in, uh, I think he's acted in like I'm gonna get you, sucker. One of those movies, I'm not quite sure, but um, yeah, Jim Brown is he he's one of the best, one of the goats. Yeah, it's one of those weird ones because uh, we grew up with people like Bill Russell, Jim Brown, you know, the all time greats in their respective leagues. Uh, Bill Jabbar. You know, you yeah, you know they're 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 still with us. Um, so it's it's very it's it's weird whenever things like this happen. Um, All time great yeah. man. I hope I hope I hope the league does something like that though. Um, it, it honors him and something like that, naming a trophy. Um, yeah, and our even uh, even the, the owner of the awesome. Colts put out a post and said that Jim Brown was his number one player of all time. So, I mean, again, hard to argue. Ursa Ursa seen a lot of ball, but. That's debatable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I thought he had LT. Did he have LT one or Jake? No, he had Deacon uh, Jones. He had, no, he had, had Deacon uh, Jones. Yeah, Jim Brown number one. Um, I want to say Tom, Tom Brady was number two. Uh, number three was I want to say Jerry Rice. Yeah. I know Jerry, was it. Jerry I know Lawrence Taylor was on there. Yeah, it was no, Jerry Rice, sure. uh, Deacon Jones, and then Reggie White. Reggie White. He didn't have Lawrence Taylor Reggie on the White. list. I'm wow. sorry, but. Yeah. Deacon Jones, you're a good guy, but you got to go because LT was just. I mean, I don't incredible. know. I got like honestly, it's like I told you guys in the, in the chat, man. I, I I put a lot of respect on that list because of the fact that being an owner and obviously seeing your own player, like being able to watch a Peyton Manning and be able to draft him and being around him for his. Yeah, but don't you think that's a slight? Like, if you're Manning, I mean, does that not piss you so- off? I was just about to say, as Peyton Manning, I feel like it was a slight. Yeah. But as a fan or as another owner or as another player from a team, I think that's that'd be like the ultimate respect to be able right. to not have that type of bias just to put him on the list, regardless right. of what, you know, like, I mean, honestly, I think if you got to leave Peyton off, you got to truly believe that or you just don't know enough. 
So it's either one or the other. I think um, so. I, I, I had a lot of respect for that list. Right. And Jim knows it. Like we all know Jim knows ball. Like that's it's just when Jim talks, it's the pills that drive me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> if Jim didn't talk, he'd be the perfect the sausage. Owner. But the hot sausage. <laughs> the hot sausage. <laughs> but I mean, that's just what drives me nuts about Jim. Anytime he opens his mouth. <laughs> It's like, oh, oh man! Did you did y'all cringe with the uh, draft videos too? Oh, absolutely! Oh, uh, Coastland, Coastland. He, he killed he killed me with the one where he said, "Maybe we draft well Levis. Maybe we draft another quarter." I'm like, Jim. After, after night yeah, one, don't after night one, yeah, yeah, Montana. I'm Young like, there. oh my god, uh, dude, stop it! Please stop it. I mean, I am all about Jim being like anti-Dave Snyder or Dan Snyder um, wanting him out of Washington because he said, you know, like the Washington football team fans or commanders or monuments or whatever you guys are. Jim Mercer is worried because a private investigator was following him for 30 years. I mean, who years. cares? Who yeah, cares? Jim's like, got enough money to bury yeah. him anyway and pay him off. I was but, just about to say, as much dirt as on Jim Mercer, you can go on Google. I don't think you need a private investigator. Right. You, yeah. you, you can find all that, but yeah, y'all remember the league made him apologize to all the owners that one year? What was that? Twenty? When was he got in trouble last? Sixteen? When he got arrested for like recently? Yeah, I'm not I think sure. It was yeah, 2016, 2017. He had to serve he, that suspension. Yeah, at the owners meet him. Yeah, he, owners meeting. They made him apologize to everybody, and everybody started laughing at him. He had a six game <laughs> suspension. He couldn't watch the Colts at home. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. My favorite was yeah, so he dyed well. his hair red. During the draft, <laughs> the hair, looking that picture went, with him with the ring and the in the blue hair, looking at the camera like, "Hey!" Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time, <laughs> alcohol, alcohol, my guy. Well, I don't mess with it. I don't mess with it. I don't touch it. I don't want it. Nope. Make you do dumb oh, man, stuff. Oh, I wanted that picture, man. Oh, oh I'm dying. Oh. <laughs> Oh man, that's an ultimate Earth meme. Oh, but yeah, we just had to uh, get to that topic real quick. Um, but yeah, so uh, like I was saying for you guys, it depends on if Michael Pittman Jr. is pushing for more than there you uh, go. eighteen million. Oh, right there, yeah. <laughs> Super Bowl ring. Acting oh God damn it. Um, if he's pushing for more than that 18 million, or if Jonathan Taylor is pushing for more than than that 14 million, I think that's where it starts to get a little, a little tough for us. But I think um, I, I would have to check back and see and watch the college season to see if 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 he would be replaceable if he was asking for more. But I think it's uh, easy to say that we should be able to get both those players resigned. I think both those players will be resigned. Because, I mean, this is the dead period. This is when Ballard makes his money when it comes to re-signing guys. When we start camp, there's always one or two guys every year who get signed during camp, during OTAs. Like, it's bound to happen. Yep. Yeah, speaking of making your money and uh, signing guys, uh, this was a real quick one that I didn't uh, send to you guys. But did you guys have any free agents? out there that you still would like to maybe see uh, the Colts go out and get? Dalton I know it's kind of Reisner. Hard. That was my guy. Dalton Reisner, an 
a right guard, somebody better than Will Fries. Like, you know what's funny? I don't know if I sent that topic. You my bad for cutting you off, but um, did, did I send that article to you guys about the 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 glaring weakness for each team that wasn't addressed yet? No, uh, no. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, I don't man, think so. I, I thought I sent that one to you guys, but I just I just thought it was funny because like when when we think about a right guard, like how how I don't want to diminish this position at all, but how truly important do we think that position is? Right. As someone who played it, <laughs> um, yeah, and that's that's what I mean. Like, by, I don't want to diminish. Like, the as someone who plays it, guards are in passing, in pa- passing, in the passing game, guard guards are critical. In the run right. game, I mean, I mean, in the run game, they're going to be critical too because you obviously right. need to move some bodies. But I mean, the overall aspect of things, if you think about the players that are paid the least, you know, that are kind of right. shows their value. It's, it's going to be right it's guard, typically guards. It's going to be guards and going to be right. running back, right? And so right. I, I just kind of thought it was funny that the article said on there that right guard was a glaring weakness for the Colts. And I just thought it was pretty funny that that that, that would be – because I feel like if you look at a team and you said their biggest weakness is right guard, I think you would have a statue at a quarterback and be like, whoa, you got to watch out. But – uh. So that's, I just thought that was funny. But, yeah, Dalton Reisner was, was my guy as well. You want to elaborate on that at all? I just wanted him because he's a vet. Uh, I think he's good enough to fill in and play in any system. I mean, I don't forget where he came out of school, what school. I think he's Colorado State, one of those guys. But um, I just feel like he's a, he's a legitimate, proven vet that um, – even if it's for a year, so you allow Will Fries to get stronger, or you allow, you know, Freeland, who we drafted, to to get stronger and develop before he slides in there. Whatever it is, just someone who, in my opinion, is far more proven than maybe a, a mid tier backup in Will. He's Fries. still only twenty seven as well. Yeah, one year, two year deal. I mean, offensive linemen age like yep. wine. So, like, if they sign, they, they sign him at twenty-seven, and it's a five-year deal, and we keep him till he's 32, <laughs> 33 years old. Perfectly okay with that as well, like because that's a core piece. But I just, I have zero to little faith in Will Fries. Like, he's a quality backup option. He proved he was good in spot duty, but relying on him consistently, I am no fan of. That's fair. That's fair. You got anybody, Damon? We got some edge. There's some edge out there, man, that's still available. Mm-hmm. Like Frank Clark, Leonard Floyd, Yannick Ngakwe, I think, still out there. Um, Do we really have Robert a need? For- man, you can never have too much edge. Mm-hmm. You can never. And, and you got to think this time of the year we're at right now, mid-May, come June, July, these guys' prices are going to drop. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, th- I think that we, we're able to get someone like a – I don't think Yannick wants to come back, though. That's the thing about it. Because um, I feel like he would have already have, honestly. Um, but there's a couple guys out there, man, I think that are at edge that are nice. And then corner, too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you still got William Jackson. Oh, help me out. William Jackson. I'm missing someone big. Marcus Peters, I think, is still out there. He's a Ballard uh, guy. He got drafted Ronald, by Ballard. Yes, he did. Ronald Darby is still out there. You still got um, – at what point, though, if you sign a veteran, are you blocking a rookie? Because are you are you blocking Brents? Are you blocking Darius Rush? Because I think both those guys are good enough to start. Well, I think you got to. So are you talking? Three, are you talking did. for a cornerback, Zach? Yeah, like if you sign a vet, are you taking reps away from a young guy? 
Because I say I say not if the young guy is earning it. So I feel like if you were to bring in a vet, obviously you're bringing in a vet for two things: competition and experience. So if he's coming in and he's competing with this young rookie, it's either the young rookie is is outplaying with him on being young and athletic and you know having the speed and stuff to still go. Versus the experience of the vet. So if he's flat out beating him out, that's something totally different than just like uh, like what we did last year with Brandon Face on, so, where where Gus Bradley's just favoritism over Isaiah Rogers. More of a TJ um, Carey type situation vet situation situation where you teach teach a young guy like Isaiah Isaiah Rogers the ropes, and then you know use situationally third safety. Exactly. So um, it's just like a. And I mean, you gotta still think about it as like we still the the only two corners we have out of the two that we drafted were Isaiah Rogers and Dallas Flowers, and then we bring Kenny in Moore. Uh, oh, and Kenny Moore being slot. I apologize, Kenny. Um, and then bringing in three more that gives us a total of six. And then obviously, I I I don't know. I don't think we've ever keeping more than five or six on a roster at a time. Right. So. Uh, I'd probably sit here and how, say, how, "Go ahead." How do y'all feel about linebacker this season? I mean, because you still got you still got Zach Cunningham and Jalen Smith out there too. But do they fit that mold that um, Gus Man, Bradley Zach Cunningham? Wants? I think me and you. But I don't know if it was I me like and you him. or if he, he. He's a Vanderbilt Zach, guy. I mean, but... me and Matt, dude, in Houston. That guy was all over the field, and I was shocked. Remember, they cut him at like a super awkward part of the year, and everybody was confused. Like, man, that that may have been the best guy I had on defense well, the last two years. I guess he's got an ego, so he's a me yeah. guy. Yeah, uh, but Jalen Smith, man, that's a guy I liked a lot from Notre Dame. Is um, his knees are his knees able to hold up? That's what I worry about. Played a full season last year in New York. Looked pretty solid. Uh, yeah. I think that's a. That was a guy that was on a trajectory to be one of the best linebackers in the league. Well, he came out after he tore his ACL or whatever it was, and he sat out his, his first year in the league, and then he came out from his second year to, like, his fifth year. Came out with his hair on yep. fire. He was good for, like – Second year looked good. Uh, Third year went pro bowl. Yeah, and then after that, he just kind of had that slow decline. I mean, again, I'm all for it, but I feel like if you sign a if you sign a linebacker, <laughs> you're then signaling that um, – Yeah, go sit. That um, the Shack might not be back in time for the season, and mm. that plus, I don't know, I don't know, because I do agree there there needs to be depth there because you really only have EJ Speed and um, Zaire Zaire Franklin Zaire Franklin because even Darius or my bad even Shack isn't a hundred percent like he's still there's still questions questions there like he's not been cleared yet we know nothing about that situation yeah so my guy was also dalton reisner um as far as free agency wise or a cornerback something like a william jackson or something like that but i i i get what damon's saying about linebacker but i honestly i'd prefer that to be a weaker position if i'm if i'm being truthfully honest i'd much rather be weaker at linebacker than be weaker at pass rusher or corner um, if we're talking about defensively, um, so I think getting like a uh, you can hide them. Uh, I want to say I don't know if Ivan Pace even got drafted or got picked up by anybody out of Cincinnati. So I definitely try and get him. Um, He's in Minnesota. 
Undrafted free agent. Oh, they already picked him up. Goddamn. Yep. Um, so yeah, that would that would have been my I don't even see why we how we let that slip through the cracks, but um <laughs> uh yeah, that that would have been one of my guys there to get at linebacker. Uh dude can do it all. Um and then uh like I said, so I, I try and go after a Yannick, um, some type of uh veteran pass rusher, a guy that we can use more situationally, you know. I wouldn't say that any vet that we bring in is going to be a guy that's going to be a starter. This team is full of youthfulness um, and athleticism. So I think being a vet on this roster, your primary um, situation or thing to do when you come in into this roster is to help mold younger guys and then to play in situational down. So I don't think we'll see another Rodney McLeod type situation. Um, mm. But I definitely think like a Yannick, uh, would be something that would be very crucial for this team to come That's in. That's a weird one, too, though. That's a really weird one. Why, 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 is, why, did he not, why did we not bring him back? Because that guy embraced Indy from, like, the minute he got signed, interacted with all the fans on Twitter. You know what I mean? That was a weird one to me. Yeah, I think, I think it's got to be Price, to, to be truthfully honest with you. I think what he's asking for might not be what Ballard wants to play, uh, pay. <clears throat> so I think that that could be uh, the potential situation there. Um, other than that, I mean, I guess there always could be the fact that you don't want to keep playing in Indy or whatever. But I think it's just got to be pricing. Um, that's got to be something. But he does take his time. So uh, I, he could be on vacation and stuff like that and just slowly get to his decision on whether he wants to uh, – where he wants to go. Is Rock still out there too? No, he's out. Oh, he's out Baltimore. Baltimore. One year deal, six million, three million guaranteed. Good for him. Good for yeah. him. Yeah, I was upset. He signed that like two Wednesdays ago. I was upset. He signed like literally the day before the draft for Baltimore. I was pretty pissed. Yeah, that was a that was a tough one. There was a couple guys out there. That I was like, God damn. Because I thought for sure I'd be like, man, he'd be nice back in Indy. He'd fit this scheme perfectly. And then you know, I got rid of him. So. I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready this year to see the the offensive tools we have utilized. Because I feel like all of our arguments based before the season, before the draft, was we don't have enough weapons. We don't have, and I just want to see them properly utilized and see their strengths, see them like battle tested almost. So that makes sense. You know, we just have not seen that. Frank died up nothing. I mean, Jelani Woods, <coughs> Jelani Woods, every time the guy touched the rock was a 25 to 30 yard completion or a touchdown. Yeah, I was just about to say, I think that's a, a lot of the argument for the, the pro people that are pro Michael Pittman Jr. and pro Jelani Woods, obviously, after one season, is look how underutilized a lot of our positions were. Uh, even like a uh, Naeem Hines when we had him underutilized. Even JT, if you think about how many games we lost and come from behind uh, losses that we would have because of the fact that we weren't using guys. So, uh I think that'll be huge. I've been stiking and hopefully uh, we see the way his offense works and using those guys comes to life for us. Naheem still hurts me a little bit, man. I'm not mad. Again, I have no emotional attachment. The only two players on this team who I would be mad if they got rid of would be Quentin Nelson. I'd be irate if they got rid of Quentin. Um, I really like, really, really like Shaq. So I'd be upset if they got rid of Shaq. And then um, Jonathan Taylor. But other than that, like, me and you, Zach, are in the minority on the uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, Shaq one. 
Oh, I know. But other than that, like outside of those three guys, he can give it all of them. And I'd be all like, bye. But I just like Shaq because I like his message. I like his where he, he his passion he plays for, his back, his story, his history. That's all. And then, you know, Nelson plays guard as it should be played. How I wish every guard played, which is I'm gonna I'm killing you for the whole game. And then after the game's over, then I'll pick you up off the ground and be your best friend. <laughs> Speaking of Shaq, <clears throat> that would actually be our next topic there. Is I don't know if you guys seen it all, but Shaq posted to his Instagram live. He was actually doing uh, like some stepladder drills, um, doing some uh, step in, step out drills. Uh, so it looks really good to see him moving fluidly. He was also jogging on a treadmill. So he looks like he he going to be uh, – You got an update? To- like it's clear? Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't say clear because Jonathan Taylor is not even cleared um, after his ankle surgery that he had in the offseason. But I definitely think both of them could be very ready for the season. So um, any comments or thoughts about that? Because they're both looking like they're trending towards uh, being back and ready to play. And hopefully if this team gets right, both of them should be very if close to sh- all-pro position. If Shaq comes back, our defense is elite. Talking all-time great elite. Just my opinion. Just my opinion. Because, like, you add Shaq into that defense. Now you got a guy who's creating turnovers. You're getting creamed right now, bro. God. Sorry, buddy. I'm not Lakers. 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 I'm I'm saying we, my my team, like, we're getting murdered right now. Jesus. Um, If, with Shaq coming back, if Shaq is healthy and he's creating turnovers, causing havoc, communicating, forcing everyone to be accountable. It's literally like Ray Lewis in that aspect. You essentially have your leader, your warrior, you know. Quarterback daddy's defense. Ba- yeah, daddy's back. Like, Papa's home. <laughs> We're cooking with grease again. <laughs> like, like, so the impact is there defensively. <laughs> I, I believe I believe Shaq has that. I mean, he ele- he's literally – he elevates everyone around him. So there should be no excuse. Top five, no excuse. Anything less is unacceptable, in my opinion. You want to chime in on there, Raymond? Yeah. I think JT has more likelihood to be back than um, than, than Shaq. I think that JT's surgery was just really to clean up some things from what they yeah. what they said like beforehand. Um, it, it was like nothing structural that was crazy. It was literally just cleaning up some stuff uh, from a previous injury that he had played through, like during that season that he had had a fantastic season. Um, so I don't know the Shaq stuff. It just it worries me, man. It's, it's I don't want to be stuff. It did that to Peyton. Downer. I don't, don't want to be a Debbie Downer, man. Don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but it's very it's very creepy. And the Colts are the most awkward team in the league when it comes to any type of injury disclosure. Um, so I just I hope it turns out well for him, man, because I think that's all of our when that guy's on the field, he's our favorite player. Let's just be real, hundred percent. He takes he takes precedent over any player on our roster for us. He's he's our absolute favorite player. So it it's um it's difficult. It's it's difficult because last year was last year was really weird. You know what I mean? Um just because it was such a week-to-week thing where we were just kind of like, man, are you going to be out or what? You know what I mean? It was this week-to-week we're looking for an update. So I just want to be done once and for all and him to be healthy, him to feel good uh, because it's starting to look a little bit grim if it's not the case. Can't change my mind. Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, 
I personally, I liked how this defense played pretty well without him without last him. year. Yeah. Um, and even better with him. Like, like we were, we were yep. struggling for turnovers the first, I don't want to say six, seven weeks before we had him back. And then he comes back into the game and immediately gets an interception. It was like a forced fumble that he was a part of. So I think uh, just like Zach said there, uh, I think it's immediately your defense goes back to being elite. Um, just like Damon said, you still have the same caution and worry uh, that we've been dealing with for the, a little while here now. Um, as far as what it goes, but I can tell that this should be different because for the past uh, year and a half, I want to say he didn't post anything on his stories about his legs feeling better. It was always just, it's a work in progress. You know, we'll see how it goes. I think I'm feeling better in my legs. He didn't post anything about him moving. Like, and I, I can tell this from fact from I, I, any Colts player that posts on their stories or anything like that, I follow and watch. So uh, the fact that he even posted that video, I think that's a huge difference for it. Um, we definitely like to have him. And again, like Damon said, if he's healthy, this is your favorite Colts player on the roster, without a doubt. Yeah. He brings the energy. He's an animal. He brings the turnovers. He gets you excited on Sundays. He's not these other linebackers. Like, <clears throat> I love Shaq Leonard when he is the healthy Shaq Leonard. Um, so, hopefully he can be that guy. I think this is a huge difference for him. Um, and it's just one of those things that you need. And then same thing with JT. I mean, with a healthy JT, you feel like this is this is insane. Like it's just one of those things where you got two players back, and and those are the difference between our roster and other teams' roster is because of the fact for the past two years now we haven't had our healthy All Pro players, and it's looked a huge. You could immediately see the difference um, <clears throat> with and on our teams. Uh, because of those injuries, so I think that's that's a couple big things there. Um, and then if we look back, if if you guys go back and watch the the, the Florida offense with the Gators and Anthony Richardson, Montreal Johnson, and uh, Travis Etienne on those offenses, we were I want to say top two in rushing in the in the entire nation. So. The running lanes that JT would get having Anthony Richardson at QB are just going to be a saying on its own alone. And then if our offensive line can get back to what they were, this offense immediately makes a huge difference with or with Shaq, without Shaq on the field immediately for that defense to take breathers and get the rest that they should properly need like how we had last year where they weren't and then just started to immediately slip downhill and become a, a, a bad defense just from losing losing their effort and energy on that side of the ball. But uh, I definitely think it's a positive seeing Shaq post and, and be ready to work out. And I think he's even been out there with the rookies and stuff. So I think I believe it's this week uh, Zaire was talking about it on um, Good Morning Football that they'll get to go against this offense Yeah, this week. <laughs> Those – Nerve injuries, from what I remember about Manning Payton, he said it usually took about two years before you feel like yourself again and you felt normal. So, I mean, that would make sense. Like, I mean, for – I mean, kind of because Payton was his neck. Right. But he said he really didn't feel normal and didn't feel like he could play again until really like his second year with it. So, I mean – in Shaq's case, I, is it his leg? Is it his knee? Is it his foot? Where he's back. it was his so it was his back. So back. it was it was something in his spine. Oh. 
that uh, that caused the nerve in his ankle to not fire all the time. Right. So, so sometimes it'd fire, sometimes it wouldn't. Clearly it's firing now. So it's been almost two years since yeah. he's been on a field consistently yeah. and playing with it. And that's how I believe – that's where I believe it's really a two-year injury. It's like, you know, a Tommy John surgery in baseball. It's a almost a full year, two-year injury for guys to come back and truly feel like themselves. And so hopefully, you know, Shaq is able to come back and have that same impact and be the, the Shaq of old, the, the lean, mean turnover machine, you know, the maniac, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, there was also the problem of not knowing exactly what the injury was. As what well. it was. Yeah, right. so that was, that was also the tough part to be able to – have the injury and not exactly know how to fix it. So I think that's a couple big key points there that if you, if you don't know how to fix the injury, you know, or, or no, not how to fix the injury, know exactly what the injury is to fix it. I think that's what uh, part of that big problem was. So if we get that all shaken out, I think we can definitely uh, see what, what can happen. And I think we definitely got some big points to hold hold. Uh, like CBS putting the Colts at four and thirteen um, in their in their uh, too early rating as far as how take the it. season. Take it, man. I would rather it be like that. I would rather it be like that. Hundred percent. Right. Give us the four and thirteen. Give us the Miami Heat three percent. Okay. We got no <laughs> expectations. Thirteen <laughs> percent. You know what I mean? Three percent. So, so I'm 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 here for it, man. I'm all about it. Like, the less the media talks about Indy, in my opinion, the better. Because the last thing I want is people jumping on the bandwagon. And I know it's going to happen because Richardson's going to show flashes, especially if he wins week one at home. Like, people are going to be like, oh, he's business. Oh, if we win week one at home, bro, the hype train is about to be crazy. Right, it's going to take all over. the crazy polls that Indianapolis are contenders, <laughs> yada, yada, yada. It's going to be wild. Right, which that was something I wanted to talk about. Do you buy the hype of them already saying Richardson starting week one, or do you think he earns it? Yes. You think you yes. think he earns it, or you think he's he's you know QB one day one week one OTA one because uh, all of that. I'm interested. We'll find out this week. I'm interested to see how how they handle Richardson if he's actually going to split reps with Minshew. Or because I mean you see what Minchie says in his presser. I mean you guys have seen it. He says you know mm-hmm. like, yo he, there's a reason why this kid was picked at four. I mean, he does everything you could possibly want. You know we've read the stories that he's not nearly as raw. That's George Brimmer though. Brimmer hypes everybody up. He was the same dude that wrote that. Um, you know, oh who is he? Is going to be the next Randy Moss. I don't even know his name. Strong. Strong's going to be the next Randy Moss. Yes. Yeah. So, so I, I I tend to pump the brakes when it comes to George Brimmer. But as the Marco hurt that bought his jersey. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought I thought dude could really be legit though, bro. I'm just being honest, man. Like it's like when you get those late round draft picks, you know. They're literally all – it's all potential. It's everything right. that you see and what their ability can be as far as their mold to see if it correlates to the field. And my problem with Mike Strong is is I just think it's 
just like we talked about before, Damon, with Naeem Hines and 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 Michael Pittman Jr. and Alex Pierce, usage. Like I, I just I just didn't understand the fact that you got a receiver, six five, running a four five, and you can't even just give him a ten to fifteen yard fade. You can't like, even have him like, in a go route. Like, like that's what I'm saying. So like you've seen him do it in preseason. Obviously, I'm don't come mentioning me. Right. I'm not saying preseason is the regular season. You're not gonna get the same DB. Right. But what I'm saying is that you can identify things that happen in the preseason that you can use in the regular season, just like teams use against us. Because I saw it immediately from the first preseason game that we had when teams were blitzing us with Matt Ryan. I instantly – offense I, not – It did not good. look good, bro. I, I instantly saw from that first preseason game, I was like, teams are blitzing us too easy. Like, this don't look right. Like, I understand a preseason game, everything going to look perfect for a new team. But when you just call it an all-out blitz and you can't – Yeah, but who blitzes in a preseason game? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, <laughs> if if you can show your weakness in a preseason game where everybody's just using base defenses, this don't yeah. look good. Yeah. So, I, like, so with Mike Strong, it was just like, why not? Like, identify your matchups. If you got a 5'11 DB over here covering him, just toss that thing up there like, like it's – like you throwing it in the post in a basketball game and let him see if he can go make a play. So I just thought that was one of those things where I thought he could really be big. He got some speed. He can play on the jump ball. Um, and I thought he could easily be used to be a really talented guy. And if you look how he's been kept on the roster by Ballard the past couple seasons, you would think Frank would say, use that guy, you know, even make him like, well, even make him like a Devin Funches for the two years that he was good. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I feel like part of that was on Frank Reich because Frank Reich, we all know, had trouble with personnel. Like he talked about wanting to be multiple, but, you know, we always knew the same three receivers were always going to come out there, the same two tight ends. He only ran two formations. It was a, a trip set and then your two tight end set. Like that's that's Frank Reich's offense. Exactly. So, like, I look forward to seeing if Shane does anything with, you know, Strong. Again, my expectations are low. Probably not. I feel like most of these cats are going to be camp bodies and and warm jersey hangers until you know final cut day. But hopefully they prove me wrong because they're in the league. I am not. They are a hundred percent better than I ever was and ever am. <laughs> and that's a tribute to them. But make the most of your opportunity, please. Because as a fan, that's what I that's what I, I want to see. I want to see guys pop off. I want to see the best damn team, the best damn 53 on the roster and people going through and picking, picking for anybody. We got cut left and Colts haven't had that in a while. Yeah, definitely going to be a big one. I think it's going to be come down to utilization too. So hopefully we see a lot of that <clears throat> from Steichen's offense. And I don't know if you guys remember me saying during the season, it's like a lot of the times where we ran offense with Frank, it was like, why does everything look so hard on offense? You know, Every other team had a lot of plays where a guy could just get open on a play, maybe a slow squirrel route, quick one out. Because Matt Ryan's a quarterback and he couldn't throw the ball. I mean, even, I mean, even, I mean, even before that, think about with Andrew Luck when we started freaking, uh, what was it, oh, one and five. Yeah. And, like, everything just looked difficult in these offenses to where it was like, why don't we ever get any of those little quick wide open plays that literally – everybody else in the league was getting except us. And so 
Because Frank didn't run him. Frank didn't call him. I truly believe Frank had a problem with that. I mean, in the last half of the year, well, I can't say that because he wasn't the head coach. But in his last tenure, I mean, you're right. We didn't throw any just quick bubble screens, any scroll routes, anything underneath. Nothing. Call the screens, man. No more. No more. <laughs> man, no more. I mean, our, our screens wouldn't even be at the right time. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, our, screen, <laughs> our, our screens would just be at ugly times, running at your own one-yard line in overtime. You know, quarterback like, throws a left-handed. Yeah, like just just a bunch of nonsense that that we would have. What's up, Chad? Thanks for coming in. You're pretty pretty late here though, but uh, I know you were in earlier than what we when we came. That was my fault, but uh, appreciate you. Um, but yeah, just just those situations where I just felt like like I felt like we could have called plays for Frank sometimes. A lot of the stuff that we had see. Um, and that would happen. We just didn't get plays that we would think should go, uh, or we would never nope. get wide open plays or anything like that. So that's just uh, something that we saw here with Frank. Um, but yeah, so that was that was just a lot of that. Um, I don't know if you guys been seeing. Uh, just real quick here. We're going to get ready to log out here. Everybody appreciate everybody who tuned in tonight. Um, but they had a, uh, a rookies uh, like seminar with the NFL PA this weekend. And Anthony Richardson just been living it up. And, and dude just dude just looks happy and fire. I don't know if anybody's got their jersey. Bro. I got mine. Um, my birthday. Go, go get yours as soon as, as, soon as you can. Um, but the kid just loves life. He's living life. He's always happy. That's something you want to see in the build in the building, especially from your quarterback position. Um, and obviously, you know, we need that. We need that kind of energy here where you're young and lively and, and coming in. You don't know what you don't know. And you're just coming in ready to experience, play, and have fun. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that was awesome to just, just see him just being excited and happy everywhere he goes, always smiling and everything. That's where I did the – did that from he he did that the, the rookie photos and so uh that was just awesome but uh thanks everybody for coming in and, and watching tonight our guy matt will be back next week we'll see how uh everything's going down um we will get back to our topics i believe we were breaking down division by division um next week's show i think uh, that it's a division by division team by team prediction for the year right Yes, yes, that's what we'll be jumping to. We just did AFC South last week, um, and for the most part, we all had uh, Jacksonville as number one for the AFC South, Colts at two, uh, Houston at three, and Tennessee Titans at four. A little bit of different records. Uh, We didn't get that all sorted out just exactly yet. I think we're going to do a season predictor as well, so um, we'll get everybody back and tuned in for that one. So please continue um, to join in for us with us every live show every Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Excuse me if I get it wrong, uh, but it's at that same time every single Saturday for you guys. We are here. uh, like, share, subscribe. Please share as much as you can. We're on all our uh, all platforms: Apple, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. Please follow us at Kicking Apostrophe with the uh, N with the crew. I am Demarco, uh, co-host Zach, co-host Damon, Trev, and our host Matt. We appreciate you, all of you guys, for tuning in uh, with us tonight. We're getting a little slow, but soon we'll start picking up here. Appreciate everybody coming for tonight, and go Colts.
Oh, cool, everybody. Bye, y'all.